myself. My name is actually that's a great intro right you don't even tell me these things before we start recording you usually just kind of start off with a bang i know it's just like a natural gift i guess yeah you're definitely gifted to do so many episodes well i was expecting a a certain response from you i didn't get it so general kenobi pretty disappointed by that <laughs> so welcome to backlot review an official part of the backlot podcast network I am your host, Steven Soria, and I'm joined by my other co-host, John Keg. John, say what's up. What's up? Nothing much. What's up, dog? <laughs> so, big episode today. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, mainly, we have six episodes of Obi-Wan to sort of discuss. Or maybe not, we're not going to go episode by episode, but you know, yeah, definitely not. talk about six episodes of Obi-Wan. And Elvis, Baz Luhrmann's new two-and-a-half-hour-long epic about Elvis Presley. So, going to be a very interesting episode, very fun. I think, honestly, we should just dive into it unless there's anything you want to bring up, John. Is there anything you want to bring up before we start talking about Obi-Wan? Um, honestly, like one thing that I kind of want to touch on... Uh, which I don't know if we're going to do review about this in the future. I'm just, I kind of want to just put it out there. I just watched the most recent episode of, uh, Mrs. Marvel or Miss Marvel. Um, the show's actually pretty good, dude. I don't know how this you feel about it. This is the third episode? Third or fourth. Yeah. Might be third. Yeah. It's the third episode. Um, I have only seen the first episode. I liked it a lot. I definitely want to review this on the show. Once the series comes to a close, I am really enjoying it. I think I think all of the Marvel shows have had really strong first episodes. You know, Moon Knight is one of my favorite first episodes. WandaVision is probably my favorite uh, first episode. Falcon and Winter Even Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, they had yeah, a great first episode. Yeah, that, that, that's a really strong opening. So I think all of the Marvel, the MCU, Disney Plus shows have started off really strong. But I think Miss Marvel might be the strongest opening, to Where, be honest. Really? I know we, yeah, I th- we've said this before, like amongst each other and amongst like friends and stuff. Like, oh, I think this is like the best MCU Disney Plus episode or show. But I really do think that this is the best. Like, we said that Moon Knight felt different and that Loki felt different but more of the same but i really do think that first episode of miss marvel was the most unique in style out of all of the disney plus mcu shows we've gotten oh i'll i'll even go as far to say it might be one of the most unique in the mcu period hmm yeah i i, th- I think you can make that argument like and, and i i'm not going to go too much into it because obviously we're this isn't what we're talking about this is not what we're dedicated to dedicating this episode to um, but like, you know, watching the most recent episode, um, the show, like you could tell that Marvel's like 
trying to tap into a different audience here. And I, I kind of like that. Like, you know, they're trying to maybe get more teen, preteen audience. Um, definitely, definitely people of like Muslim, um, you know, culture and, and, you know, what have you. Um, and it's 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 good, man. And, and like like the girl that plays Kamala Khan, I, I you know I, I actually feel bad because I don't remember her name at the top of my head. Um, she kills it, dude. Like she has so much charisma in the role, and the show is like is really good too because it has like corny moments to it, but it's not super corny. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It fits the character. It fits the character very much, and like, it, it, dude, it's a very like heartwarming show at the same time. Like, and it's very down to earth, you know, when it comes to all the stuff with her family, and, um, you know, it's it's good, man. It, it's definitely different than what Marvel has done, and um, you know, I just kind of wanted to bring like give a quick shout out, you know, to the people that made that. You know, I know that people are gonna automatically try to shit on it because it's Disney and it's Marvel and I get it um but there are a lot of hard-working people that worked on this show that you know wouldn't normally work with a big studio like that so it's I'm I'm happy to see that the product is is pretty good you know the visual effects could probably be better but it's a Disney plus show I'm not gonna you know scrutinize it too hard um but yeah man shout out to Miss Marvel it's 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 pretty good I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where the, where her character goes yeah I know I saw a stat not too long ago, a few days ago actually, that Miss Marvel has had the lowest viewership amongst the rest of the MCU Disney Plus shows. There's a lot of reasons for that. I know some of the marketing may have come off as being targeted directly at kids. I know originally, I believe the show was supposed to be rated PG, which I think would be the first PG rated yeah. Marvel release like ever. Yeah. I don't I think they ended up changing that you know closer to release but you know amongst other things you know to be quite honest I don't you know people some other people may not want to watch like Muslim heroes and for them that may be a turnoff and to them that's really sad because um Kamala Khan is a top in my opinion top 10 comic character in Marvel um Miss Marvel is an incredible character and I think the show really reflects that I really liked the first episode i was sort of waiting to sort of binge two or three episodes just because i've been uh so busy and i completely binged obi-wan i didn't even watch obi-wan as it was releasing uh so i'm I'm definitely really excited to see where this show goes and where kamala as a character grows because i think there is a lot of potential with her in the mcu and i think she is going to grow to be a very very big part of it yeah, I definitely so agree. If, I, I think if you're not watching Miss Marvel for for whatever reason it may be, maybe it just didn't appeal to you. Definitely give it a watch. It is really really good. It is, man, and I I know for a fact. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but um, I know for a fact that you know if if you are one of those like you and me that likes to keep up with the Marvel projects and the movies, especially, um, her character will appear in the Marvels marvel studio movie uh coming out i think next year so you know if you want to be caught up on this character and 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 you know who she is and what her powers are you know i would definitely give the show a watch and i think you might be surprised yeah i i agree and it's funny that you actually bring this up because there's a few things that i've been talking about or that i've been watching that i want to talk about on the show not on this episode but maybe save it for next episode 
there's a lot of really good shows out there right now, man. Yeah. A lot of really good shows. I I'm currently watching Breaking Bad for the first time actually. So I haven't watched Better Call Saul, but I've heard that this season of Better Call Saul is absolutely incredible. Apple TV has been dropping some bombs lately with Severance and Slow Horses. I definitely want to talk about those. The Bear on uh, FX is an incredible show as well. So I definitely want to get around to talking I think, about these. I think Andrew Garfield has a show to see what's on FX that I've, um, I'm like a couple episodes into and I'm, I'm quite liking it. I, you know, it's it's a little different than your normal murder mystery uh, type of detective movie. It's like the Mormon one, sure. right? I mean, yeah, the Mormon one. Um, but it's it's, it's under the banner of heaven. There we go. Yes. Yeah, it's on, I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah, it's on FX and Hulu. It's it's good. I'm I'm a couple episodes in. I haven't caught up completely. Um, I started watching it when it first released uh, a few weeks ago, and you know I'm gonna probably get back on that really soon here. But that's another good one. You know, and Andrew Garfield is one of the top actors right now. Like he, this guy's on, is on his A game. Yeah, but boy's recently. firing. Yeah, boy's firing on all cylinders. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. So uh, yeah, like what you said, a lot of good. A lot of good content out there. Yeah, I definitely want to get around to talking about some of it. But for now, what do you say we uh, talk about some Obi-Wan Kenobi? You can't win, Obi-Wan! You can't escape him! Yeah, so uh, let me ask you this, since we're uh, jumping right into it. Um, you know, what were your thoughts? And we, I don't want to go episode by episode. I think that... We'll no, be here forever if we do that. We would One, we'd be here forever. But two, I don't, and I don't want to, like, shit on the show. Um, but, like, I don't think it really deserves us to, you know, go episode by episode. Um, you know, I think that the show was lacking in certain areas. Um, but you know, let's, let's kind of like dig into the beginning a little bit. Like what did, what were your thoughts when you first got into it? Like, you know, the first episode, uh, or the first two episodes, like what were your general thoughts as that was happening? So I'm going to preface this whole section that we're going to dedicate to Obi-Wan Kenobi on this podcast. Basically for those of you who have never tuned in before, if this is your first episode and if this isn't your first episode, you may have forgotten. John and I are huge Star Wars fans. We have Star Wars has played a huge role in both of our lives since we were little kids. So, to me, Star Wars has always been sort of the premier film franchise. So, he and I were both very, very, very excited for this show. I mean, I remember when it was announced. I was like, "Holy shit!" There's no way they're actually doing this because. You know, fans have wanted, uh, you know, a story following Obi-Wan post Revenge of the Sith for a very long time. So I'm going to go ahead and preface this section uh, with that. I'm going to go ahead and say that, put that out there. I think, personally, this is the most disappointed I've been in a film or television show since Game of Thrones Season 8. Wow. To be com- Yeah, to be completely honest. I think that this is probably the most boring concept 
an idea that they could have gone or they could have taken an Obi-Wan sort of show or film. I think this is the absolute most boring and lazy way to do it. I almost kind of feel sad about it. I was not a big fan of Boba Fett, the Boba Fett show, I think. No, Boba Fett, like, I think that really, like, those two episodes of Boba Fett, the you know, the ones that had Mando in it, are some really peak Star Wars content. But other than, if you take those two episodes out of Boba Fett, it's like, I, <laughs> the, I, I'm going to just use the word mid- I don't even think it's mid. I think it's bad. Yeah, to okay. To be quite honest. That, and I'm, I'm okay I think with without that. those two episodes. Like, I think Obi-Wan, I guess, is kind of mid. Yeah, Obi-Wan is definitely better than Boba, but like not by too much. To be quite honest, John, and it hurts me to say this, but I don't know if Star Wars is the premier prestigious film franchise anymore. I don't. I don't think so. I don't know... If the Star Wars name, well, obviously the name will always carry weight because, you know, Star Wars is Star Wars, but I don't know if it carries the same weight of quality that the name sort of commands or or, or the respect that it it commands. I I, actually, I agree with that. And like, you know, just looking back at like, let's start off with like the, 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 the original trilogy. I mean... That's one of the, if not the best trilogy of movies of all time. I mean, episodes four and five. Yeah, episodes four and five movie, episode, uh, you know, New Hope and Empire are some of the best movies ever. I mean, Empire to many people is the best sequel ever. And obviously, Return of the Jedi is one of the best endings to a, to, uh, you know, a series of movies. Um, And, you know, the prequel trilogy has its faults, like... The CGI was was wonky, but you know, given the times, you can't really complain. Uh, the 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 script was definitely lackluster at times. Uh, it didn't do any wonders for people like Hayden Christensen. Um, and I'm talking just the prequels. And um, but there, it still had this like element of like, like like Star Wars was Star Wars. Yeah, like know? it was like- still special. Like you know, Episode One, other than like Qui Gon and Darth Maul. Uh, and you know some of the lightsaber action, like was pretty bad. You know, Attack of the Clones, like was another kind of bad movie, and people were still lined up, ready to go when Revenge of the Sith. I remember when Revenge of the Sith came out. I was like probably. I remember watching it in theaters. Yeah, I might have been ten years old or something. I don't. I don't know what year the movie came out. Um, but like, dude, I remember like it was. There's nothing even like it. it some the one thing that comes close is when uh, Episode Seven came out. Um. Force Awakens, but man, dude, like people still lined up, ready to go for Revenge of the Sith. So it has, or it had, this like special aura around it that nothing could touch. And and I, I I kind of agree with you. I think that given anything that you know, when you start juicing out all this content, you know, you start milking the cow. It's it's not going to be as special. I don't even think it's so much as as milking the cow because that's one thing. Uh, But Star Wars has way fewer releases than like Marvel does. But Star Wars content just doesn't seem as maybe thought out. It doesn't seem like there's as much care going into it as, as the MCU does. I don't know if maybe it's 
because of the higher ups or if there's there, there's definitely something wrong in the production process I, which i, I want to speak about I, as we talk about obi-wan i think there might be like a miscommunication um of sorts i just think it's a i don't think it's a miscommunication i think it's a mishandling yeah yeah if i'm being honest i don't you know for as much as 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 crap that kathleen kennedy does uh that she gets for you know her missteps and her mistakes i don't know if the fault rests entirely on her shoulders i think to be quite honest i think it, it's it's a little bit deeper than that uh but it makes me it makes me really sad because i like the force awakens i thought the force awakens was a, a joyous sort of you know come back and i thought there was a lot of potential to it's, take the story it's really it really is like and i know it's like a reskin of a new hope but it really is a good movie i, I would I even argue it's a great movie it's a, it's a good beginner like you know opening of a new story uh uh you know like the first episode of this new trilogy it, it's it does it handles it really well and while still relying on that nostalgia factor you know bringing the old characters back and I think I I don't really like to trash on on episode seven too much. I I really think that movie is pretty damn good. I mean I I like it. I think it's a good movie, but I think quite frankly I think it's downhill from there. I like half of the Last Jedi. I don't like the other half. And then I think episode nine is borderline unwatchable. I oh I think episode nine is by far far and away the worst Star Wars content ever oh I, I i think i would agree with that um i liked rogue one a lot actually so i'm not really gonna hate on rogue one i like mando i'm a little bit worried about where mando is headed and i did not like boba fett and i'm a little mid about obi-wan Andor does look pretty good looks a little decent but i'm not holding my breath you know i don't know if this really inspires confidence and it kind of makes me sad it's funny because um you know nick sarmiento he was uh, an old cold ho- uh, co-host on the show friend of the show he's been a guest on here many many times he and i i know he's another big star wars fan he and i used to always talk about how he was scared disney was gonna pimp out star wars to the point where it was no longer special and i always disagreed with him on that I reached out to him. Oh, well, he reached out to me once I posted, you know, my Obi-Wan review really quickly on Instagram. And he actually loved Obi-Wan. And it kind of surprised me a little bit because I was like, really? I thought, I don't know. I, th- I thought him, of all people, would sort of think it was mid based off conversations that we have had. But it seems a little split. You know, I know people who have liked it. I know people who, who have thought it was mid. I think I may be the harshest critic on it to be quite honest but it really does make me sad i don't think it's a bad show i think there's a lot of really good stuff in this and i think the last two episodes the last episode in particular it saves it maybe not only does it save it but i think parts of that last episode are amongst the best star wars content ever in live action yeah i i I don't want to say ever but like but like at least in live action definitely but i think from start to finish i think it really really makes me sad knowing what could have been on the show it 
it, it's very weird to me. It feels very badly produced. I think the writing and the story was very, very lazy. I know the writer for Drive, the Ryan Gosling movie, was originally attached to write an Obi-Wan film that was supposed to be a very bleak and very introspective, basically about Obi-Wan coming to terms with his loss and the, the loss of the Republic and the rise of the Empire and his failures as a master and his Padawan. And Kathleen Kennedy scrapped it because um, it was too pessimistic huh. and it was too bleak and they wanted something, I guess, a little bit more uplifting or kid-friendly. And it, it makes me really sad, man, because that's the kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi content that I think fits the character, fits the story, and would give fans the most accurate depiction of, you know, look at this fallen sort of Jedi Master. Uh, he may have lost his faith, you know, like in the Force and in good, but he's still abiding by his duty. Like, I think that story is so much better than, oh, I gotta go save Princess Leia, who's not gonna really remember any of this in A New Hope when we meet again. You know, it's like, why couldn't have we have gotten that instead? So it 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 it's weird. I feel like this is almost. It felt almost like a, a a film school production at times. The visual effects felt very very cheap, especially in the really early episodes. Yeah, actually, were, and I, I I did want to touch on that really quickly. Like I know that they, or at least I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they shot this in the volume, um, which is where they shoot Mando. Um, and, like I, I hate that. I hate that. Oh, I love the the volume, but it's just like because I think Mando looks fantastic. Mando does look good. Mando does. But it there looks was much moments in this. this, and I don't know if maybe like it was rushed or something, you know. And I, I really don't like to be someone that shits on visual effects, um, because I know that these people are overworked, and um, but like there was a lot of moments. Um, and I'm going to honestly just put the last episode aside. I, the last episode of Obi-Wan looks really good. Um, but, like, there was a moment where he's, like, Obi-Wan is on one of the... I don't even know what you call it, bro. He was, like, on the back of a truck in, like, the second or third episode. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And, like, or even in the first episode, like, when, when he's traveling in the back of that, you know, truck ship thing, um, you know, when they're moving, like, the green screen or whatever it is behind them just looks so bad. Like, to the point where, like, it's it's bad enough. Like, usually I'm the type of person that can, you know, not look too much into it. But, like, it was so bad that it, like, takes you out of it. And I'm like, wow, I'm not immersed into this world right now because the green screen is just, like, this looks like it was shot when <laughs> when you guys were shooting episode one, the first movie. <laughs> no, literally, it's, like, it looks almost like low budget. Have, did you watch Stranger Things, the new season? Yes. Okay, so compare the way Stranger Things looks com and then compare that to Obi-Wan. Like a, a show on Disney+, Plus, like a, the premier film or media franchise in the world. Just Yeah, I mean, the, the, the richest two. studio. I mean, I don't think anyone else has more money than Disney. It's almost it's embarrassing. It feels, it feels soulless at times. And I think that's like... Besides being boring, I think that's the worst thing a movie can be is soulless. And Star Wars is at the center of Star Wars. It's always been a lot of heart, a lot of care. 
besides Ewan McGregor, I don't really feel that coming from anybody else. I think uh, the director of this series, who I know directed a few Mando episodes, I think didn't really... I don't want to say that the show was badly directed, but there were moments that I thought the directing was a little bit questionable in terms of camera placement, camera shots, a lot of handheld camera movements. Camera that shaking, doesn't really fit. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't really fit in Star Wars. I think the action was staged pretty poorly in most episodes. I know in episode one, you have that scene where Leia is running away from... from the bad like guys. some grown men, <laughs> her bad guys. And she's like outrunning them and they look like they're like walking. But she's like, it's very weird. It, 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 like, I don't know. It felt very misdirected at times. Yeah, and that's like especially things in the first, that like, like I know. Episodes. Yeah, shots like that, for example, are nowhere like a more experienced director would be able to like shoot that at an angle where you wouldn't notice the weird uh, walking and the weird movement of, of her running away. Um, it was almost amateurish. Yeah, I and I didn't like Princess Leia's character at all. I thought she was borderline insufferable. And I just wish that we had gotten the Obi-Wan story that focused on the repercussions of Order 66 and, you know, the weight that he feels on his shoulders because he feels responsible. He, at this point, thinks Anakin is dead. He's failed and... That's what I wish we would have gotten. This show has left me with um, a lot to be desired. I'm very, very disappointed in it, especially the first three-ish episodes. Everything just felt sort of boring and lackluster and soulless. I think Ewan McGregor was trying as hard as he could, and he does a fantastic job. He always does as Obi-Wan. He carried, honestly. Yeah, yeah, he carries. Best part of their prequels. Hayden Christensen was incredible as Darth Vader and, and Anakin Skywalker. But I think every other character sucks. Besides maybe the uh, Grand Inquisitor. I think uh, uh, Rupert Fiend or Rupert Fiend did a great job as a Grand Inquisitor. I think Reva is a bad villain. I don't know if... I don't think it was a bad acting job. I just think that given the directing and the script that she was given, I think she did as best she could. I just think Reva is a pretty bottom-tier Star Wars villain. She was boring. Her her motivations were kind of all over the place and weird. She was very incompetent, so she never really felt like a threat to the main characters. She um, felt... and Johnny. She felt like, um, you know, like... And I'm a diehard Star Wars fan. I know the people that are going to be listening to this are very casual fans, and that's okay. Um, you know, Star Wars is is meant to be what you want it to be. Um, you know, I've watched a lot of Clone Wars and Rebels, and Reva, Reva, I don't know how to, I think it's Reva. Um, she just felt like a two-episode arc villain in, in Star Wars Rebels. You know, like someone that's just there to move the plot forward for a, a small arc and that was it and i just didn't think that that was the type of character needed for a show like obi-wan kenobi to me i think the main gripe i have with her character my main sort of issue is that she never really presents a threat to any of our heroes she is so incompetent in every single thing that she does throughout the show 
I think every single one of her plans fail. Not once does she really corner Obi-Wan or feel menacing. Every time she does, he gets away. She argues with her superiors all the time to the point that they like nobody really respects her. She doesn't do anything right, so why would they respect her? Everybody hates her. Like She is not a good villain. She was not scary. She was not menacing. She had, I guess she had a decent sort of background with her being a youngling and her... That was the best part. Anakin the youngling Skywalker. That was the best part. part. But it's what really only glossed over for about maybe 20 minutes of screen time. No, I'm, I'm sorry, way less than that. I, and and it's like, I, 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 I want to make something clear too, and I think you'd probably agree with me. I think Moses Ingram is a good actor. Um, I think that she did all that she could given the script. I mean, there was yeah. a lot of moments in this show uh, that did not do her justice, and I, I wish that you know, like, and I, like, I don't really want a Reva solo show or movie, which Absolutely I can not. definitely see happening because nowadays, I mean, when a company has their own streaming service, they can do anything that they want. Um, you know, so you know, like I wouldn't want to see that. I just I'm not interested in the character anymore. I think that it served its purpose, and I'm good. Um, but Moses Ingram definitely does not deserve the hate that people are giving her on on Twitter. Absolutely, and- she, yeah, and and that's always the worst part about Star Wars and the fandom is when one, you know, when the group, when the fandom or the toxic ones, at least I don't want to lump everybody in it, but when the toxic people in the fandom sort of see a performance that they don't like or a character that they don't like they sort of latch onto that and, and attack them i mean look at jar jar binks look at uh uh little anakin um look at rose rose is that her name in the sequels uh i don't remember yeah rose, rose, sure rose yeah 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 look at her uh, she had to get off of social media also so it's like I mean Daisy Ridley. I, I don't know if you said. I'm sorry. I don't know if you said Daisy Ridley, but she was another one that removed herself off social media because of Star Wars. She just got back on Instagram like the other day. Yeah, like she, like uh, they don't deserve any of this. They do the best with what they're given, and this should be, you know, a highlight of their careers and their lives. So it sucks to see it sort of tarnished and. And I actually think that Star Wars apples. does a really good. Like I think they do a good job at, at casting. Like, don't blame these people. They're not the blame. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But quite honestly, I don't ever want to see Reva again. No. I don't. I, I she, totally agree. She, again, she was incompetent. She was completely mismanaged, mishandled. She does not do one single thing right throughout the whole show. I mean, even her introduction doesn't work because the opening scene, well, at least with the Inquisitors, is when they land on Tatooine and they're looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi and they find the random Jedi. She sort of, like, has him cornered. And then he manages to sort of sneak away because she starts arguing and he gets away. And then it's like, okay, we're supposed to be scared of you? Like, you literally just appeared and this random dude, this random Jedi, no-name Jedi threw a little tarp down with the force and then completely ran away like where is the menace here it doesn't really work so i i think the show really when it's not focused on darth vader and obi-wan i think the show is bad to be quite honest like bad yeah i i agree um and to piggyback on some of the things that you said earlier um you know i I, i'm not gonna we're not gonna make this segment too much longer like but I don't know who is to blame. 
um, you know, for some of the quality of content that we have been getting in Star Wars. Um, you know, I think Dave Filoni, he wasn't attached to this project at all. I think that maybe he was someone that should have been a consultant of some type. Um, I mean, he could have probably given a, a ridiculously good story. Uh, and if you don't know who Dave Filoni is, he's he's like the prodigy uh, son of, you know, he's not actually son, but like, you know, George Lucas, like, you know, made him the godfather of Star Wars, you know, moving forward. Um, you know, the guy knows Star Wars like the back of his hand. And he has been the pivotal person for some of the best Star Wars that we've gotten, which is Clone Wars on Disney Plus, um, Rebels, um, Mandalorian. He's he's that guy. Like nothing back is to be said about um, Dave Filoni. But I definitely think that they should have used him. I, I don't think that they did. You know, it's funny because this is like an in-house thing. You, sh- I, I would think that he had some type of... I would think that he would have some type of uh, role in this, but he did not, which is disappointing. Um, but there is some type of mismanagement, I think, going on. But people online, like, I know that like you guys like to shit on Kathleen Kennedy. Don't get me wrong, I do too. She's not as as bad as people make her out to be. I think she's honestly doing the best with what she has. Um, this could just be a Disney thing, for all we know. Like, not just a Lucasfilms thing. Like, she's in charge of Lucasfilms. I mean, Marvel's not run like this, though. That's why, I don't know. Like, I think maybe they're putting the pressure on her. Like, hey, like, you know, we got to start pumping out some more movies. Start pumping out some new TV shows. And she's just, you know, they're just all throwing shit at the wall and hoping to see what sticks. Like, Mando's stuck, and, and it's fucking some of the best Star Wars that we've have ever had. Honestly, if Mando... I was thinking about this the other day. If Mando w- wasn't such a hit like it was before, I think we'd be looking at Star Wars very, very differently than we do right now. Maybe, I think but, Mando like, the animated... so much. And I know, like, a lot of people don't want to count the animated stuff, which it is, like, canon to the story, uh, but like, dude, some of the animated stuff is fantastic. Like fucking, um, like, like I, like I've told you a million times that like, Clone Wars, the last season is peak Star Wars content. Rebels, the pat, the last few seasons is like really fucking good shit. You know, Ahsoka is what is probably my, like my favorite Star Wars character. And you know, if you didn't watch Mando, you would have no idea who she is. Um, you know, so I guess it depends on who you're asking. Um, but when it comes to live action, yeah, I, I can kind of agree with there. Like, uh, just because casual audiences don't really watch the animated stuff, just because there's a stigma. But if Mando was as mid as Obi Wan was, I think really we, everybody would be talking about Star Wars very, very, very differently. Like, I really don't think it could be understated just how much of a of a savior to Disney Mando being a hit was. Yeah, and I think that's becoming very, very apparent. And if Andor is bad, I think it's going to become even more apparent. And if Mando season three is bad, which I don't think it will be bad, but you know, I think it's time for some serious concern over at Disney. Yeah, like I, I, I think you're right. Like in in Mando, like even the bad episodes of Mando are are quite good. You know, the filler episodes, like, uh, like you know, it annoys people sometimes. Like, get online, like, yo, how was Mando? And it's like, oh, it was just another filler episode. Like, you know, yeah, like, it's a filler episode, but 
it's still shot beautifully. It's you know, it's intense. It's fun. Um, you know, it progresses the the character arts of of Grogu and Mando, and you know, they do a lot of really good things even in their bad episodes. Which is like, you know, I, I'll give all the credit in the world to Mando. I think that that really is some of the peak Star Wars content, and it it it, it is kind of carrying the franchise as a whole right now. Oh yeah, it's it, it really cannot be understated. And I mean, it makes me sad. I, I was very, very excited for Obi Wan Kenobi. I think, I think I think that you and I, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, I think that you and I, like before, I, I want to say like a year or two ago. I'll say two years ago because remember, like that, that in 2019 or some shit or 2020 when they started announcing all this Marvel and Star Wars shit. Uh, I think you and I had Obi Wan at like the top of our list of like most excited, yeah. that like most anticipated show for Disney Plus. Like that was like up there. Yeah, I can't believe how mismanaged this show is. I mean, like I said earlier in my review and my thoughts, it just feels it feels like a like a low budget direct to DVD film at times. Every time that Darth Vader is not on screen, I feel like I'm watching like a like a direct to DVD movie sometimes. Or, That's dude, how. Dude, there's times where I feel like I'm watching like a you like there's times where a fan made film on YouTube. Yeah, feels like the Darth, Ma- Darth Maul has a bunch of cool ass fan made videos on YouTube that I watch all the time. Like, there's a lot of really cool fan made Star Wars stuff that, quite honestly, is better than a lot of what I see in this show and in Boba Fett. And, and they should they, the Disney should movies. look at those guys and maybe hire them, dude. No, yeah, it it, it it's pretty crazy. Like. Again, every time that Darth Vader or Obi-Wan was not on the screen on this, I was bored. And quite frankly, sometimes when Obi-Wan was, was on the screen, I was bored because the other characters suck. I did not like Princess Leia. I did not really care for Kamel Ninjani's uh, new character. The sort of like seedy underworld. Yeah, the con artist. I didn't really give a shit about his character. I, I, I don't know. Like, it just... It's boring. It was soulless uh, for the majority of the time. I'll, I'll argue. It, it was it was poorly produced, poorly shot, poorly edited. That scene where Obi Wan first uses the Force in the second was, episode. Yeah, that was really shot. That's weird. supposed to be. That's supposed to be like this scene where he is, you know, he is coming back to the Force, something that he had sort of neglected and lost his way with, and then it's just like. It, it, it happens happens so quickly and like we don't even really see it happening because there's a million cuts in the edit and then it, it, it loses its sort of it loses the power that that scene had and it was like oh i guess he just used the force for the first time in 10 years okay yeah um i'll argue like the best characters of the show are obviously ewan mcgregor as obi-wan and hayden christensen as uh vader and slash anakin um and I and 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 Rupert uh, Freend or I always forget how to pronounce his name um, as the Grand Inquisitor was also fantastic. Um, but I'll argue that Uncle Owen was probably like the oh, yeah, second Uncle best Owen was character good. in the in the show. Like he was great. Actually, that's that's, that's Uncle Owen and Baru were both good. They were perfect, but they're in it for like for like ten minutes total. Honestly, like I'll, I'd rather a show with them than a sequel to Obi Wan. Yeah. Like just, just I yeah, just then like doing normal shit with uh you know young Luke. I'm okay with that. That's fine with me. Um, but um, you know, and uh, like you know, I want to kind of like finish this off. So like, I'm gonna just jump into spoilers right now. Um, that way we can you know move on to our Elvis review. 
Um, okay. But, like, I think the – and, like I said, spoilers are coming right now, guys. If you're listening to this, skip forward. Um, the best scene in all of Obi-Wan – or there's two – the two of the best moments in, in the Obi-Wan show – the first one is the recap of the prequels, which sounds sad, but whoever edited that 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 recap yeah, video was it did make the prequels look really good. They made the prequels look like fucking all star movies. Um, so kudos to that person that edited that uh, or team, and um, you know, but that's that 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 recap video got me so fucking pumped to watch this show. Um, but then other than that, the moments between Anakin slash Vader and and Obi-Wan in the last episode after they fought, you know, Vader has half his mass exposed. You know, you could see Anakin. Um, I think everything about that, other than maybe like the little bit of the close-up uh, shaky cam shots, everything else about that was perfect. Like, perfect. I actually think that they dropped the ball on most of the show, but they fucking nailed that scene perfectly that like that's how i imagine them to interact say exactly what they said and they moved on and i thought it was executed so well um and even like the cinematography a little bit like when it came to like the lightsaber uh reflecting you know the blue lightsaber reflecting off anakin's face when he tells obi-wan um i'm not your failure and then it slowly transitions to the red lightsaber when you know Vader, I guess you could say is kind of uh, you know, kind of coming back to Anakin. You know what I mean? Like taking more control of the body. I guess uh, everything about that was perfect to me. I, I don't know how you felt about it, but I thought that that was fucking like Chef's kiss, perfect. Like that, just that scene was executed perfectly. Yeah, I think that's by far the best scene of the show, and. I think it's one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars, to be honest. I was worried when they said that Vader was going to be in the show and that they were going to fight, and it was like, oh, like it's going to sort of take away from their fight in A New Hope. But really, I think they handled it in just about the best way that they could. And I think really <laughs> the show was sort of built around like that one fight. Absolutely. And then they were just kind of like, okay, now we kind of got to make a story for this. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. Um, and, and But it was really good. It, it, it was really, really good. I think the interactions between Obi-Wan and, you know, Anakin um, at that point were, were incredible. We got a lot of cool... I like how they kept a lot of the canon in there. Like, we know why Obi, Obi-Wan calls him Darth in A New Hope. Um... Obi-Wan sort of getting back in touch with the Force. Obi-Wan seeing Qui-Gon at the end, the Force Ghost. Everybody knew that was going to happen. Oh, man. Um, and then, like, yeah, they were teasing it the entire show, like, from, like, the fucking Yeah, they first mentioned, like, minutes. the first episode. Yeah, the first 10 yeah. minutes of the show. Uh, you know, they start teasing it. Um, so we knew that somehow, some way, that Qui-Gon was either going to show up or, you know, maybe lend his voice. Liam Neeson would lend his voice for a scene or something because he's done that in clone wars he actually voiced qui-gon in like the flashbacks in clone wars if i don't know if you knew that yeah um so i figured that liam neeson would somehow come back but bro seeing him dressed up in the robes and and the long hair and the oh, beard, it was awesome, um, it was man, awesome. i felt like a fucking kid again man like yeah they the, the 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 last you know the last episode like just in general it was it was a very good episode um you know you had Obi-Wan saying hello there to Luke. Oh, perfect. Which was, 
one hundred percent fan service, but whatever. It was fun. I'll take the fan it service. Cool I mean, you know, th- th- that'd be the third time that Obi Wan and just the entire all of Star Wars says hello there, right? I think he says it in A New Hope the first time he sees Luke. Um, I don't remember. Does he say it in A New Hope? Yeah, I think Alec Guinness I, says it. Like the first time that they show him, he takes the hoodie off, and I'm pretty sure he says hello there. Oh really? I do. I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was just in Revenge of the Sith. I'll find it for you after the episode. Um, but yeah, no, like it's 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 well done. It's peak Star Wars. That last episode, just not the show. The last episode is very peak Star Wars. Like it's it's uh, they nail it, man. Hayden Christensen, you know, didn't have much to do in this show, and I. But he did do a really good job. And every with yeah, the time that he was given. every scene that he was in, even the fucking flashback scene, which I even then I wish we had more flashback scenes. You know, a lot of people like to give you know uh, content creators like soups and shit. Uh, they'd like to give him shit online because he wanted more flashback scenes. I kind of agree with him. Um, I would have been. I thought it would be cool to see some flashback scenes with Hayden uh, during the Clone Wars or something. But regardless, it's it's okay. I'm, I'm fine with how they handled him. I wish he had more, but if you give us too much, too much, then it's gonna take away from the sequel or from the original trilogy. Um, but you know, I think that this last episode enhances the view. The viewpoint, like it enhances the watching of A New Hope, and I don't know if you agree with me there, but I think that, like, I've been wanting to rewatch A New Hope since I've seen Obi Wan, and I really think that, like, just my entire viewpoint of that movie will be enhanced because of that last episode. Yeah, I mean, again, I think the last episode really salvages a sort of a broken ship with Obi Wan. It left a lot to be desired. Very, very, very disappointed in the final product. But the last episode, besides all the Riva stuff, was incredible. Everything. I mean, the Riva stuff really gave us some badass Uncle Owen scene, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> it did, but I don't really give a shit about Riva and everything that was going on in that plotline. No. So it was a mid-show, bad show, when Darth Vader and Obi-Wan are not involved. I would... I would recommend it if you're a Star Wars fan, but to be quite honest, there's so many other better shows out there right now, like shows that I mentioned earlier, like Slow Horses, Severance, The Bear, Miss Marvel, that I think I would yeah. recommend before I could recommend this, and it's sad. Yeah, you know, I think... It, it, it really makes me sad. I think that if you are a Star Wars fan, definitely watch it. Like, that last episode will probably hit home for you. But, um, you know, if you don't care for Star Wars, like, if you just watch the movies, like, when they're out and, you know, you kind of watch it and forget about it, you know, don't... You don't need to watch it. It's not going to really do much for you. I think the show, more than anything, especially the last episode, was more for the diehards like us, um, you know, to showcase those little moments, the hello there's and and Darth, and, uh, you know, little things like that just to enhance everything else. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. And, and you know, like, I, I rated the show a 3 out of 5. I think that's a solid rating. You know, without that last episode, it's definitely less. But the, the last episode carries it tremendously. Yeah. So that's our Obi-Wan review. Now, I guess we might as well just talk about Elvis. Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. Ready to fly. Tomorrow, all of America will be talking about Elvis Presley. I can't move, I can't sing. Some people want to put me in jail. So, well, it's moving. 
They might put me in jail for walking across the street, but you're a famous white boy. Our spoiler-free review of Baz Luhrmann's Elvis starting right now. Well, I mean, spoiler-free, like, I guess it's for people that don't really know who Elvis Presley oh, is. Oh, well, yeah, no, that, yeah, that is true. Everybody sort of knows. But how, regardless, yeah. we'll, we'll try to keep it as spoiler-free as we can. Um, In terms of, like, movie stuff, yeah. I mean, everybody fucking knows Elvis dies. Um, but, so Elvis... If, for those of you who aren't familiar with Baz Luhrmann, he directed uh, the newest Great Gatsby movie with Tobey Maguire and Leo DiCaprio. He directed Moulin Rouge. He directed Romeo and Juliet. Oh, my God. And, he did Romeo and Juliet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And now he directed Elvis. And this is the most Baz Luhrmann, Baz Luhrmann movie. Uh, he's very over the top, very sort of in your face, very grandiose. Um, but I think it fits in this movie. <laughs> I actually saw. I... I'm sorry, just a, just a, before you add anything else, I saw a Reddit comment that said <laughs> transitions the movie, and I actually think that fits his his <laughs> style of of uh, directing perfectly. He does. He does love his transitions. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed this movie the movie is long it's a beefy two and a half hours but i wasn't really bored throughout the runtime it felt a little bit long towards the end but i was never bored i was never looking at my watch wondering you know how much longer or saying oh my god there's still an hour left like that never really happened to me i am a elvis presley fan so i was i sort of came into this movie with some investment and a lot of background knowledge into his music and who he was as a person and how he ended up. I didn't know, you know, all the details about, you know, the mismanagement of his money or I guess sort of the abuse he suffered from uh, Colonel Tom Parker, who's played by uh, Tom Hanks in this movie, which we're definitely going to talk about <laughs> throughout this review. But I enjoyed this movie a lot. I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think it has its issues but i really like how they handled his music sort of his upbringing um and how his family especially his mother played uh, such a prominent role in his you know rise to stardom and sort of how he was whored out by uh, his manager to you know ultimately cause his death i thought for as far as a biopic goes I would put it somewhere between uh, Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody. I definitely think this is better than Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think it's more... I don't know how truthful it was. I think it's more honest than Bohemian Rhapsody was. Oh, absolutely. But I I liked it. It seems a little overstuffed at times, but I had fun with it. I was able to sort of... Um, I, I thought all the music was great. I thought their performances were great. I think Austin Butler is a superstar in the making, and I really, I really genuinely mean that. I think, I think Austin Butler come Oscar times deserves a nomination. Oh, I, he yeah, was, yeah. he was so, he was Elvis Presley. He transformed in a way that I have not seen an actor transform in a role uh, this year, at least. 
Um, he was he was he was incredible. I I I I totally bought him as Elvis and his mannerisms, the way he spoke, the way he moved, yeah. uh, his stage presence, his screen presence. I thought he he was incredible. And if you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's the guy who uh, he's the hippie who uh, Brad Pitt like sticks the dog on at the end. Great so scene. he has, yeah, he has acting chops. But I think this movie, he, well, I mean, he's going to be in Dune Part Two. He's playing Fade. Um, but I think, I think he's going to be a superstar. I think, I think this movie is going to blow him up. I think so too. Um, and, and to, to rewind a little bit, uh, you know, from like what you were saying earlier, like, you know, you said that you came into this movie as an Elvis fan. Um, you know, I came into this movie also as a pretty big Elvis fan, you know, am I the most diehard Elvis fan? Probably not. Um, I, I grew up listening to Elvis Presley's music. Um, you know, I have an uncle that, he i guess grew up loving elvis and he like learned to to sing like him you know what i mean like and he knows how to play the guitar like so i grew up having like this uncle that you know when you walk into his house an elvis impersonator honestly yeah he probably he probably was at one point in his life um you know like but he had like a in his like private office you know like he my uncle like growing up had a had a beautiful home and he had like a private room with like things that he owned that like elvis uh, you know, wore this or something. Like it, it's really oh, oh yeah, he loves Elvis, man. Like it's it's so cool though. Um, you know, so I, I grew up with with a definitely with an appreciation of Elvis and and knowing some of his story and, and obviously I knew a bunch of his songs. Um so I came into this movie expecting to be disappointed. Um I watched a lot of the trailers, I watched, you know, the scenes that were released online of Austin Butler as Elvis. And I mean, I think I you probably remember in the group chat, like two days before we saw the movie, I sent a scene of the movie and it was like, dude, I can't buy this guy's Elvis at all. Like, I just I don't see it. Um, but wow, I am so happy to be wrong because as soon as I walked out of that movie, I was like, holy fuck, Austin Butler carried <laughs> like. Oh, yeah. And, and, and which is crazy because he was literally acting alongside one of the best actors of all time um but wow austin butler like you said like was the perfect reimagining or whatever um of elvis presley and i can't give this kid enough credit i don't want to say kid he's older than i am but I can't give him enough credit. Like he actually, I don't even want to say that he deserves a nomination. I think he deserves to win it at the, at least at this very moment. Um, obviously I don't know what's going to come out in the future. That might change my mind, but he was fucking Elvis. Like you said, he like every time he was on screen and what's crazy too, man was like, like I said, I had these bad, uh, you know, I was expecting to be disappointed coming into it. And then, like, when the movie starts teasing Elvis, like, showing him for the first time, you know, when, when oh, Tom yeah, Hanks, like, it was so good. It was perfect. And, like, dude, I was, like, getting chills. But it's funny because I'm getting chills because it was, it was really well shot, really, like, you know, beautifully directed. Um, the, this, this scene in particular. Uh, but, like, I was getting chills, like, excited to see, like, oh my God, like, Elvis Presley, like, it's about to, you know, come on stage or it's about to, you know, put on a show, and uh, 
and you know they got me from that point forward and and the movie you know like you said it's not perfect you know but it does take you on a really long ride of his life and um definitely of colonel tom parker's life which i'll probably i'll go as far to say he might even be the main character of the movie the movie's called elvis but i think colonel tom parker is the main character um yeah I can see that. And uh yeah, like it's it was really fucking good and I think that you're right. I think it's maybe a step below Rocket Man, but like five steps ahead of Bohemian Rhapsody. And I and I'm one that actually likes Bohemian Rhapsody. I know um that movie also has its flaws, but I I have fun with that movie. But this movie is definitely a lot better in my opinion um of these, you know, uh biopics that are blowing up recently. Um but damn, dude, Austin Butler is like you said, he's fucking awesome, dude. Like I I'm excited to see what this kid does, man. Yeah, he's he's really good. I think Tom Hanks's performance left a lot to be desired. Um, you know, it's kind of getting memed, you know, amongst, you know, people who have seen the movie and I guess people who, you know, know about Elvis and Tom Parker, like, you know, their relationship and how Tom Parker was in real life. Apparently Tom Parker didn't speak with that accent in real life. Yeah, so and, and like just to, <laughs> that was like part of his scheme, I guess. Yeah, and just to, that he to like put this out there, American accent. Um, Tom Parker is uh, is from the Netherlands, so I think that Tom Hanks was on the right track. But this guy, I think, learned how to master an American accent. If you go on YouTube and type in Colonel Tom Parker interviews, um, you don't really hear an accent at all. So the fact that Tom Hanks came into this movie thinking that he had to talk with an accent the entire time, I'm wondering if he did his homework. And I, I, I would imagine Tom Hanks did his homework. He for sure did his homework, but he's probably like, I'm Tom Hanks. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, like I think that he was... Like, let me just have fun with it. You I know? think he was trying to have fun with it, and I think he was trying his best to, to, to you know, put on a more of a performance than he really needed to like this is not someone that was over the top crazy like in terms of like you know elvis was a show you know what i mean like this guy had the charisma and power like where you could do that with that character tom parker's not he's like a boring white dude (laughs) um yeah he's just a piece of shit yeah and he's also a piece of shit that you know that abused people like tom hanks didn't need to do much if anything if tom hanks actually was more subtle with his acting he would have probably fucking killed it. Um, I mean, Tom, like the Tom Hanks performance didn't really bother me uh, past the first like 20 minutes. I kind of got used to it. Maybe I was just so into the whole Elvis story that I didn't really pay any mind to anything else. But I do kind of think he was a little miscast. Um, and I wish that they had gone with someone who was maybe less distracting in the role yeah i think that's the best uh, i think that's the best way to put it um you know it is what it is i think i think tom hanks is like i said he's one of the best actors ever um the movie definitely like if if you know i feel like if you know elvis's history you like watched videos growing up or or you know like or like if you're older and you watched elvis growing up or you know if you were young and watching elvis as a kid um and like you know you remember tom parker then yeah i could see you being bothered by it but if you don't know, Tom Hanks' performance won't really do anything to, to hinder the movie. Um, it was just something that we found weird. Like, I just, you know, and it's getting memed. 
you know, we went online and read interviews and re- read reviews of, of people like, no, this is not how this guy spoke. This is just, it's fucking weird. But regardless, um, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on his performance. Um, everybody else in this movie, you know, had a lot of uh, smaller of screen time, but they all did fantastic, too. I think um, uh, I don't remember her name. Um, the girl that played Priscilla, his wife. I think she killed it. I actually think that she looks just like her. I don't know if you saw any. Yeah, she does. Yeah, like I, they put the side by sides on like you know on Instagram somewhere. Um, spitting image. I think that was a perfect casting. Um, yeah, man. I, I really can't say enough. Like you know, like I said, the movie's not perfect, but it's fucking well done. I think that if you are needing a movie to go watch right now, don't go. Don't watch Lightyear. Don't watch Jurassic World. Definitely do not watch Jurassic World. Watch Elvis. Check. Yeah, if you have if you have like three hours to kill, definitely watch Elvis. Yeah, it's I, long. I it, it is long. Like, come prepared. Don't drink a lot of water like before you go watch this movie. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I mean, that's pretty much all my thoughts on the movie. I, I really enjoyed it. If you're an Elvis fan, if you like musical biopics, if you like music, I would definitely recommend it. And really, just to see Austin Butler. Birth of a star, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this so, guy, Austin Butler, was, like, from Ned's Declassified. Is he? Yeah, he was, like, in almost every episode of Ned's Declassified as a backup character. What? Yeah. Who What? Who was he? His name was, like, Lionel Scranton. Yeah, Lionel Scranton. He was, like, just a background character. Like, I mean, he may have had, like, a few talking lines, but not anything crazy. You know, he, he was in two episodes of Hannah Montana. He appeared in one episode of iCarly, uh, you know, 10 episodes of Zoe 101, the Jonas Brothers show. Oh, my God. He's the... <laughs> you found the picture? <laughs> Bro, what? Yeah, dude. Like, this guy, like, literally came from, like, a lot of these childhood, uh, you know, like, a lot of these TV shows that we watched growing up. Dude, what the... <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> Dude, who would have thought that, like, you know, you go back and watch Nancy Classify like that, <laughs> this backup dude would probably become, like, the star of the show, like, like go what on to have a hell? crazy career in Hollywood. Oh, my God, that is hilarious. But, yo, kudos to him, dude. Like, I mean, if there's someone that could talk about fucking working their ass off, like, or working their way up, it's fucking him. Yeah. I yeah. mean, dude went from going from Ned's Declassified to... to Headlining Elvis. Headlining Elvis and appearing in Dune Part Two. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what the future uh, holds for him. Very, very, very talented guy, and uh, I liked Elvis. I like his movies, so I would I would definitely recommend uh, giving that a watch. Let me let me ask you something before we close off the the segment. I want you to rank out of the three biopic musical movies, whatever rank the the performances of the main actors from best to least awesome butler number one taron edgerton number two and then rami malik third i i pretty easily in my opinion. i think so too and i actually like like rami malik won that oscar for freddie mercury and i don't think he did a bad job i think he did pretty good um but it sucks that like that rocket man um you know if you go back and see that what that movie was up against it was up against some fucking juggernauts um in the award season um 
But like Taron Egerton, I feel like definitely deserved an award for playing Elton John. He fucking killed it. Uh, but yeah, he he was really really good as well. I'm hoping Austin Butler gets a nod. Like if Rami Malek got one, you know this guy. He should get a nod. He yeah, should, I mean he should definitely get the fucking trophy. Like, yeah, he should he should definitely he should definitely get a nod. Um, so yeah, that just about wraps up this week's episode. Stay tuned for next week. We're gonna be talking about a lot of different things, some shows that we've been watching. Well, maybe some Black Phone, the new Ethan Hawke movie, um, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. So uh, definitely, it's going to be a fun episode. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things. So stay tuned for that. Uh, anything you want to say, John? Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>